Welcome to Parent Q Live, brought to you from the team at Parent Q. Hey friends, new friends and old friends, welcome to another episode of Parent Q Live. Carlos Whitaker, host number one, and Kristen Ivey, host numero dos. How are you today, friend? So good. This so is- good. We are um, we're, we're going to be leaning into some tension as a parent today. Uh, I'm really excited about this one because um, I, I grew up in church. My father was a uh, Baptist minister from Colón, Panama, and I was raised in East LA, Primera Iglesia Bautista de Pico Rivera, first bilingual Baptist church. I grew up in the church, but there was a season where I started drifting away, and that's where we're going to be leaning into today. I mean, as you're listening to this, was there ever a season when you didn't want to go to church? Right. I, I can remember still at about fourth grade, there was just this phase and I loved church. I was also a church kid, um, loved Sundays, loved going to Awana. I mean, I, I did all the, oh, you did it all, all. The post, you yeah. know, midweek services, but there was probably a season right around fourth grade where I just remember thinking, maybe if I pretend like I'm still asleep, they won't make me right. go this morning. <laughs> I mean, there's just a time sometimes when you think, mm, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so, sometimes we, we all go through those seasons and, and as parents, our kids may or may not go through a season like that. Uh, we decided to lean into you guys, our listeners, uh, once again and ask you guys this particular question. It's, it's really simple. Why do you go to church? What is the reason why you go to church? And this is what you guys had to say. I think it's good. Well, we think it's good to be surrounded by other Christian believers for good influence and to keep you grounded in your faith. And uh, and like my wife said, it's good to have uh, the children involved and and uh, lead by example to show them what it's like to follow God. And going to church is a great way to do that. Why do I take them to church? Mostly because I want to teach my kids about God. To know God and to learn to love Him more. To uh, learn about. God and and really to find our center again every week because I find myself kind of getting further away sometimes as the week goes on and and it's great to have you know Saturday or Sunday to find that center again because I want faith to be important to them faith in Jesus to be important to them what great responses I mean why do you go to church It's just something really good to think about. And that's why I loved getting to have this conversation around why we go to church and maybe some reasons why we go to church that we've never even thought about before. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the conversation that we're going to have today is really going to help us. Our conversation is with Reggie Joyner. Uh, Reggie is a founder and CEO of Orange. And Orange is a nonprofit organization, and I love this, whose purpose is to influence those who influence the next generation. Reggie has written more than 30 books. And I love this statement. He's changed the way churches and organizations create environments for and equip leaders, parents, and the next generation. Reggie has had a lot, a lot of influence, and he just has a lot to say about the local church. So why don't you guys sit back and enjoy this conversation that Kristen had with Reggie Joyner. Reggie, it's so good to be here together today to have this conversation. Um, you're in the middle of a project right now, working on a book related to how to be an intentional parent. Sure. Several of us are trying to figure out how to help 
organizations help parents win. I think the name of the project is When Parents Win. And um, so we want to make sure that along the way, everything we do is leveraged in such a way that the average dad, average mom, feels like we really do exist to help them succeed as a family, succeed in their relationships with their kids, and hopefully that their kids will succeed one day. Now, you're talking with parents right now, but so we're all cheering, you know, as you say this, because we're like, thank goodness somebody's going to help us win. But why would you tell the average community leader that it's important for parents to win? Well, I think the average parent is out there wondering and asking questions. Who's going to help me navigate through these years and through these situations and issues? And I think either intuitively or, or very consciously, they're asking the question, who can I find that will help me navigate what they've already been through so that I can make sure I'm doing this well? None of us as parents feel like we got you know, credentials or expertise on how to be a dad or a mom. We were just thrown into this, and there's something in us that says we got to get this right. And what is at stake in your mind if community leaders don't come around to help parents win? Well, I think we stack the odds against the average child as it relates to their future. I think all the evidence and all the research shows that the more adults that are invested in a kid, the more the community is invested in the kid, the better the kid has a chance of having a bright and positive future. And um, their success really is linked to what we do together. And I've heard you talk about this before where you've even referenced what it does to us as adults when we get involved in giving kids a better future. How does that work in your mind? Well, I think as adults, there is this level of understanding the world, understanding the wonder around us, understanding our own faith, understanding you know, what matters in life when we lean in to children and teenagers and make them a priority. So if someone was listening today, for example, uh, for whatever reason that wasn't a parent, I would say, hey, you should engage with families, engage with kids and teenagers because of what it will do to your soul. Most parents will admit that when kids showed up in their world, it changed how they saw everything. They look at the news different, you know, they look at their everyday life different, they look at the people who work with them different, they look at God different. Reggie, when I look at your professional career, you've had a lot of opportunities to do ministry for adults or to take maybe different roles, different jobs. I think I've heard you say once that you were offered the position of being a music minister, (laughs) and yet you've always stayed focused on the next generation. Why is that? You know, I I think intuitively in my heart and life, I've always felt like there wasn't any work that was more important than helping a kid or a teenager move toward adulthood and be successful in life because it represents the future in so many ways. And, and when I look around me at teachers in the public school system or coaches or people who show up at churches and work with kids and teenagers, whatever the arena is, I feel like that for some reason they're undervalued and it, seem, it seems like it's babysitting. And even the actual illustration you alluded to about the minister music position I was offered, along with senior pastor positions I've been offered, You know, we're always looked at as being that's where you're going because that's the more important work. And I just want to go, no, 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 no. The more important work is discipling a generation and helping a generation um, win so that when they move into adulthood, um, they have a better world perspective and a better life perspective. As a parent, I think that's incredibly encouraging because I think about 
uh, my own work as a mother in a different way. Mm-hmm that it's actually some of the most important work that I do. And I know that moms and dads um, who are juggling careers and kids and who knows how much else in their life, but to refocus and go, no, the work you do in your home probably matters more than you think it does. Yeah, and I think every parent probably wrestles with that tension in a, in a hundred different ways through the course of their day, the course of their week, the course of their year. And that's why I like this project we're working on, because I think this project kind of clarifies, and a lot of what we do, you and me and the team that works with ParentQ, we we wrestle with ways to help parents not feel more guilty about the fact that they don't have enough time, but to go, hey, here's the deal. If these are the real core issues, then there are opportunities in the time that you have to win in these issues if you're just more conscious of what it takes to actually shape a kid's future. So... If I were a parent and I had never talked to you about this before and I just kind of walked mm-hmm. up and said, okay, tell me what you're working on. <laughs> How would you explain this to me for the first time? Well, actually that happened while we were working on this. I was sitting in a booth at a restaurant, uh, one of the restaurants we frequent because we tend to go there to write a lot. And um, this one mom had been there as a waitress for several of the days we worked on the project. And she kind of got to know us a little bit. And finally she walked up to the table and said, so what is it you guys are working on and what are you doing? And I knew she was a mom because she told us about her, her son. And I said, well, we really are working on some stuff to help parents win. And which, you know, her antenna went up then, of course, because she's like, okay, well, what does that look like? Because I'm a parent. I want to win. And um, and so she walked away from the table as a waitress has to do. But I knew she was coming back. So in my mind, I'm going, okay, I've got about 30 seconds, maybe a minute and a half when she gets back to tell her what it is that we want to help her do so that she can get a clear picture. And so, you know, I wrestled with that for a few minutes and jotted down some ideas because I think it's important for us as leaders to be able to explain very clearly what it is we want to help parents do so that parents understand, you know, how the partnership works between them and any other organization. And it actually gives parents a grid or a filter to go, okay, if this organization is going to help me do these things, then that's an organization I can align with as a parent. So what did you say to her when she got back to the table? That she needed to listen to Parent Q live every week <laughs> and that, that her life would work out. If she Shameless just did that. plug. Right. So what I had to give her in a minute, you know, was going to be an oversimplification of what life is about because there's so many layers to this. There's so much more complexity than this. It's not as, as easy as I'm going to make it sound. But I, I just kind of summarized parenting into five buckets of things that I felt like she needed to recognize is really what she wrestles with. And one had to do with the relationships in her life and her kids' lives that she needed to have the right kind of influences to help her, uh, you know, navigate through these days. And her kids needed to have adult influences in their life besides her as a parent. I talked about the calendar and how ultimately she wanted to make sure there were moments that she planned ahead of time on the calendar so she could engage with her kids the way she needed to engage with her kids. Then I kind of went to what her weeks week. Then I kind of went to what her week looks like and what her day looks like, and how there's a rhythm in every day and week that she understands that rhythm. She can maximize the moments that she would have with her son or daughter. And then I talked about you know what you talk about all the time with the phase project that there are these changes that are happening at every unique phase that will help her if she understands them influence her son or daughter the right way. And then the most simple part of it was all this needs to be translated into conversations that she can have with her kids about things in life that really do matter. Um, Somewhere along the way, she's got to start a great conversation with her kids about technology, about sex, about faith, about health, 
about finances. And so that when you really look at your life, you're really trying as a parent to navigate these five areas. Now, you just mentioned all five buckets really quickly, but I know that you are such a wordsmith that you've Mm -hmm. kind of come around it and refined those. How do you keep this in front of you in a memorable way? Yeah, I think, and I think that's part of the goal. What we're really saying to a parent is become a little more intentional and have a plan. And so we took the acrostic for map it and we said, okay, if you're going to map out this year, if you're going to, you know, map out the next several years, if you're even going to map out the next few months, think about it in terms of these five issues. Um, If you're going to get the most out of the year, for example. And so the M stands for meet people. Um, Who are the people you're going to meet? Who are the influences you're going to invite into your kids' lives? How are you going to navigate those relationships? Because they're going to mean more than you ever dreamed they'll mean. The A stands for add experiences, which really is about your calendar. It really is about designing and defining which kinds of events on your calendar really help the relationship in your family and the bond in your family grow grow faster and stronger. And then P is for prioritize time, which really has to do with your daily schedule or your weekly schedule. Identifying moments in the week when you know you're going to have uninterrupted time to read to your kids, to, to talk with your kids, and to, and to block those. And then to talk about the I, which is identify needs, that um, at the end of the day, you've got to know who your kid is right now uh, if you're going to affect their future later and if you're going to affect their future even now. You've got to be able to speak their language, understand what's changing about them, and kind of speak into their real world. And then the T stands for talk together. Um, you should have conversations every week in major categories and areas with your kids that feel organic, that feel natural. You don't want them to be so scripted it's forced, but you do want to make sure that you're planning out those conversations. So the little acrostic map it kind of gives you a schedule, kind of gives you a plan to know, okay, what does that look like? So Reggie just mentioned five things every parent can think about in order to become more intentional at home. Meet people, add experiences, prioritize your time, identify your kids' needs, and talk together. They all fit under the acronym MAPIT. At the end of this episode, our cue for the week will be for you to download a free printable experience with one very specific question you can answer related to each one of these five areas. But before we get there, let's hear what else Reggie had to say. And that's all you have to do. If you just do those five things as a parent, your kid will turn out great. Everything will work. You'll never have a problem. Things will be perfect. You'll be the parent of the year. And so that's kind of the goal. And if you want to know how that works, you can call up Hannah Joyner right. or Rebecca Joyner. Right. Or I don't <laughs> well, I, and I will also mention that I just wrote this acrostic, so they didn't get to benefit from that when they grew up because I just learned this, which I, I would always say I would... I always feel like God kind of got this wrong. We should be parenting our kids later in life, not when our careers are starting and we're young and not as smart. You know, so, you know, I, I, I want to at least, you know, claim that. I think I we never want to make the claim that your kids are going to turn out a certain way because we all know as parents, don't we, that you can't control what's going to happen in your kid's life, um, the people they're going to meet, the influences they'll be surrounded by, the choices they're going to make. There's just so many things we can't control as parents. But I love this illustration because it takes the focus off of what we can't control, which are the areas that we can kind of, where fear sets in. And it focuses more on what are the things you can control? What are the things you can be intentional about in your world that could really influence your kid? And and the thing that I love about this list 
as I'm looking at this mom and talking to this mom, is she had the same fears all of us have as parents, which really boil down to what's our relationship with our kids going to be like one day? And what is their relationship with other people going to be like one day? And these action steps or these action points are really rooted in fighting for your relationship because that's really the key. And we feel like if parents at least begin to try to work around these issues and become more intentional about them, you know, that they'll become more connected as an intentional parent. That They'll become more engaged with their kids. They'll become more present during the right times. And they'll become more confident in the conversations they have. And again, like we were being sarcastic a while ago, they're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. But at least we can be more intentional mm-hmm. about doing those things. Now, one more thing that I know you really believe at your core, which is a parent doesn't have to do all five of those things alone. Mm-hmm. How does a parent get the help they need to win in those five areas? I, I 100% agree. I, I think that the beauty of this illustration was when she came back around to the table I was able to lean in and say hey I know for any parent it's hard to parent alone and um, I did want to tell you one more thing if it's okay and I don't want it to seem you know pushy or pressure but I I do think that there is an organization that exists in your community that if you understand them and they understand you will help you do those five things better than any other organization that exists And I love love to talk to parents about this because I feel like when parents understand this, it changes the way they see this organization. And as soon as I said who this organization was to her, you know, she kind of kind of smiled and she kind of said, I I knew you were one of those. And it was just this interesting conversation. But I was able to convince her in a moment to rethink the role of the church in her life, because I don't think most of us really see the church as a partner when it comes to our parenting. And if parents understand, you know what, the church is organized around relationships if they're doing this right. They're going to put a small group leader in your kid's life. They're going to put other adults and parents in your life. And the the church is basically designed to create experiences. You can have shared experiences at the church every week, and they can also put some shared experiences on your calendar that will jumpstart your relationship. And the church, if they're doing the right job, they're giving you the information and the content and the concepts and the ideas to help you reorder your week and maximize your family time when it comes to bedtime and morning time and your drive time. And I love churches because they have a lot of educators, they have a lot of leaders and volunteers that are hyper-focused on an age group. So they'll help you understand more than you would probably understand about your sixth grader or your seventh grader or your eighth grader. And then last of all, and I I love this, the church can set the ball on the tee for you to have a conversation about a specific issue Um, every week about a faith issue consistently and strategically during the year about sex about finances about health about life about relationships so i just feel like that sometimes the church is misunderstood in the sense that we only see it as a pastor who's preaching a sermon on sunday morning about the gospel and that's so important but it's also an organization that should come along beside you as a parent to help you win with your kids in relationships. I love that so much. Oftentimes it's hard to articulate why as a family you would even go to church and to be able to look at church through that lens to say, no, these are five things I'm trying to be intentional about as a parent, Mm -hmm. but I can't do that alone. I need an organization. Um, I need somebody who can help me do these things. And so 
Well, and those of us who've watched kids grow up and get older, we know that the older they get, the more important it is for them to have the right kind of relationships in their life besides us as parents. And here's the point. If we don't orchestrate that, if we don't intentionally get involved in making sure that happens with adults that we like, the adults that will reinforce what we think, they will go find adults. And so we have an opportunity to kind of be a part of that process. And I am 100% convinced that the church can be the greatest gift to a parent, especially as the kids are getting older and moving toward independence, um, that anything else in culture could possibly give them. Thank you so much for this conversation, Reggie, for all of this insight. I know it's going to be deeply impactful for many of us as parents as we begin to take out these five areas, examine them in our own lives as we look to the future of this year so we can be more intentional with the time we've been given. So much wisdom two weeks in a row here on Parent Q Live. I loved that conversation with Reggie that Kristen had. Kristen, um, this week we're going we're gonna to cue the parents to do something in particular. We want them to head over to our show notes page and pick something up there. What is it? On the show notes this week, we have a printable PDF that you can download. You can print it out at home that'll just walk you through how to do the five things that Reggie was talking about. It'll have some questions for you to answer specific for your family as you think through how to become more intentional at home and also processing how a church could even help you do that. Now, if you don't already go to a church and you're looking for a church maybe in your area or you're thinking about that, we have a church finder on our website at theparentq.org. We'll also link that in the show notes so you can go find a church in your community who can maybe bring some adults alongside of your family to get involved in your kids' lives. Again, just to help you do the five things Reggie was talking about as you become more intentional at home. Absolutely. And so the link to the show notes is going to be theparentq.org slash episode 91. Everything Kristen just talked about will be linked there. Head over there, pick up those resources. Friends, thanks for hanging out with us another week here on Parent Q Live. We are still planning on some incredible things coming up in future episodes. So make sure that you guys subscribe, like it, and share with your friends. And we'll see you next time on Parent Q Live. Thanks for joining us on Parent Q Live. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and follow us at Parent Q.